You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are an Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregation in Denver, Colorado, and you can find out more about us at www.houseforall.org. Grace, mercy, and peace are yours in the name of the triune God. My dad's mother, who we called Ma, uh, she belonged to the same Southern Baptist Church as my entire family, on both sides. But she lived, oddly, very contrary to the customs of most women I grew up around. Ma smoked about a pack a day. Uh, She ran a fast food restaurant, um, and so she worked more than she ever cleaned her house. Um, She would sometimes spike the Christmas eggnog with booze. And she visited with psychics alongside attending her Southern Baptist Sunday school. Ma was rough around the edges, but that made me really uncomfortable. I had been raised by a church and family to believe that a Christian life looked a particular way, and my grandmother didn't fit that model. Ma Ma belonged to the same church the rest of us did, but unlike most people I knew, she just wasn't that interested in making sure she looked like the perfect Christian. That was weird to me. I, like, didn't understand why she did the things she did. I'd come from her house feeling icky. I'd complain to my mother, why doesn't she stop smoking? Why doesn't she clean her house like we do? Ma embarrassed me because she did things that were seen as dirty in our religious circles. Sadly, I let my fear of her impurity build a wall between us that lasted the rest of her life. And so as I was working on the sermon for this week, I started wondering if the frustration I felt with my grandmother was at all like the frustration and and embarrassment that the Pharisees felt when they were around Jesus. In particular, I'm thinking about today's gospel reading where they show up for dinner with Jesus and the disciples, and they're embarrassed by Jesus' serious lack of table manners. In the gospel of Mark, Jesus has just finished feeding the 5,000 and healing a whole region of sick people. Jesus is beginning to make a name for himself as one who liberates those captive to hunger, disease, and isolation. People start flocking to him from far and wide, including representatives from the religious headquarters in Jerusalem, the Pharisees. They come, too, hoping to find a new leader, a Messiah who was pure and holy and who would confirm that they were the good guys. The Pharisees come looking for an angel, but they were disappointed to find a man who breaks bread with people who smoked and spiked the eggnog. Maybe they felt like me as a young Baptist boy, taught that good mothers and grandmothers don't smoke, don't drink, they keep their homes clean, and they definitely don't see psychics. So that when I'd see my grandmother smoke while making dinner or leave the kitchen in a mess, I'd judge her and feel disappointed. This is what grandmothers who hang out with Jesus look like? No, I just couldn't accept it. And so, sadly, I found it hard to respect her and love her for who she was. I'd imagine that the Pharisees, at least some of them, felt similarly. 
You know, I think we often get the impression that the Pharisees arrive just to check up on Jesus and make sure he's following company policy. I'm sure this was partially true, but their interest in Jesus also reveals a hope they had that maybe he really was the Messiah they were looking for. But they quickly realized that Jesus doesn't match their expectations of what the Savior of the world will look like. They are looking for a a Messiah who follows all the rules, who keeps himself in a perpetual state of purity by mixing with only the right people. They want a Messiah who exclusively hangs out with people like themselves. But instead, they get Jesus who hangs out with people who smoke and drink with people whose houses aren't clean. But this is what Jesus always does. When we go looking for God to reinforce our human notions of what is good and pure, Jesus gives us the God who hangs out with prostitutes and sinners. And and as if this weren't enough, Jesus has the audacity to call us down into the dirt too. We see this in the reading when Jesus fails to dispel the concerns that his followers are impure. This isn't an I'm okay, you're okay moment where Jesus defends the purity of his followers. Jesus turns the whole purity system on its head by declaring all of us impure. Jesus says, whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile It is what comes out of a person that defiles. For it is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come, fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, licentiousness, evil, slander, pride, folly. All these things come from within, and they defile a person. No longer are there impure those who fail to dip their fingers in the water before eating. Now everyone in the room is impure. All of us are impure, because who can escape that list that Jesus lays out? So it makes me wonder what purity systems we might still be trapped in today without realizing it. Steven Pinker, in his book, The Blank Slate, writes about the enormous number of cultural practices that have been moralized in this generation and are now seen as impure, things that used to be seen as pure, Today, these include Barbie dolls, corporate salaries, disposable diapers, fast food, ethnic jokes, suburban sprawl, smoking, and sugar, all impurities of some type today. On the other hand, an equally large number of practices that previous generations thought of as impure are now defended by more and more people. This includes divorce, having kids outside marriage, working mothers, queer sexualities, non-Western cultural and religious practices, and more. As a gay man and as a progressive, I sometimes fall into the trap of thinking that I don't give in to purity systems. (laughs) Right. Well, because I felt the pain when people instantly rejected me and saw me as contaminated just because of my sexuality. However, Pinker's list for me functions a lot like Jesus' list for the Pharisees. I immediately see I am guilty. I easily see how I use categories like suburban sprawl or corporate salaries and fast food to make snap judgment about other people. Snap judgments that then creep into my emotions 
and set up really thick walls between myself and those I'm judging. But in today's reading, it's like Jesus is saying, it's not whether we're vegan or eat meat, whether we drink alcohol or iced tea, whether we work in banks or nonprofits, whether we live in ethnically diverse Denver neighborhoods or the quiet streets of Arvada. It's not whether we make home-cooked meals for our kids or buy their dinner at McDonald's. These differences aren't what destroy our lives. It's when our emotions get the best of us and we lean so heavily on these differences that we wall ourselves off from others. Others we categorically label as bad, unhealthy, wasteful, privileged. Basing our values on purity always leads to thinking in terms of us and them, pure and impure. Because systems of of purity are always based on the idea that God is totally outside our world and above our world and not just in our world. So if we're going to get to God, we have to somehow get outside our world and aim for a higher, better purpose. To move outside and up, we literally have to move from the dirt to the sky. Therefore, if we can draw a line between us and the dirt, between us and the smokers or us and the suburbanites, or us and those who watch Fox News, maybe we can relax and trust that we are closer to God. The trouble is that what we think of as, pu- as pure and impure, dirty and clean, is shifting all the time. So in today's gospel, Jesus doesn't give us a new list. He doesn't give us a new purity code. He hands down the scorching judgment that we are all impure. We are all defiled. None of us is more pure. None of us are closer to God, which is also the good news. We can't get closer to God because we don't have to. God gets closer to us. And in the midst of our impurity, God does not shirk from our presence. God meets us and breaks bread with us, even though we dine with dirty hands, smoky breath, greedy fingers, or maybe a roaming eye. God is the one who sets this table before us and invites us to the same meals that the Pharisees discovered. God invites us and all in our impurity to dine with him and with each other. And at this table, God breathes into our impurity, into our folly, into our uncleanness, into our our state of unhealth, into our prejudice and our hatred and our laziness, and God forgives us. God breathes forgiveness into our impurity so that we can breathe out a little more love, a little more patience, a little more compassion into those around us. It is from this table that God promises that her spirit blows through all of us so that we no longer have to fear being made impure by anyone or anything outside of us. Because it is from the dirt that God made us, to the dirt we will return, and it is from the dirt we will rise again, and God will love us through all of it. Amen.